Shark Tank is just such a good pillar for my resume as a business and an entrepreneur. You know, unfortunately, as a woman in business, you kind of need something that will make someone stop and listen to you when you're trying to say what you have to say. Hey guys, I'm Izzy Sapien, a seasoned brand builder in the most elusive and mysterious industry on earth, the glamorous beauty industry. And I'm on a mission to make beauty a better place, starting with this podcast. I've worked in the marketing departments of several major beauty brands and helped build a number of emerging brands from zero to millions. Each week, I'll break down the details of some of beauty's most notorious and untold scandals of today, along with my own personal experiences. But most importantly, my whole reason for doing this podcast is to highlight the beauty and wellness brands, influencers, and trailblazers who are doing it right and deserve a piece of the spotlight. Not to be mistaken for a cancel culture reboot, this well-intentioned tell-all aims to create a space for growth in beauty. I hope you'll join me every week for honest and stripped down conversations. After all, it's growth that's a thing of beauty. Hey guys, welcome back to A Thing of Beauty. It is Tuesday, the last Tuesday in March. I actually just got back from a little mini road trip with some friends and we went up to Horseshoe Bend and it's actually, it's very full circle for me because when I think about Allison, she's climbed so many mountains as an individual and entrepreneur. You know, COVID was hard on a lot of businesses, but really hard on brands who depended on their brick and mortar experience. And so Allison was a client of mine. She's also become, you know, a friend. Last year, she was listed on Forbes Next 1000 list. Her brand has been on Shark Tank, where she actually pitched the sharks. And she's both a Tory Burch fellow and recipient of Sarah Blakely's Red Backpack Fund. And her products have been featured in Vogue, Refinery29, and her brand Tespressa is sold at many dream retailers, a lot of retailers, any indie, you know, wellness or beauty brand would love to be in like anthropology. She truly is one of the most successful people to pivot an in-store experience to a successful online wellness brand. And she is the maker of my favorite drink. So, you know, we're going to talk about how we met and and Allison's really humble beginnings. And today we're going to go behind the brand with Allison and specifically how tea can be such a simple way to integrate wellness into your ritual and all the health benefits that can come with making the switch from coffee. Let's jump right in. Hey, Allison, welcome to A Thing of Beauty. I am incredibly excited to have you here. You guys, I've known Allison for a while now. She was one of the first people I actually pitched in person just because she was... Were you really? Yeah, it was like a clandestine. Well, so I was... I had that office at the Emerald. Do you remember? So I had worked with like a lot of beauty brands, which most are in LA and New York. So a lot of it I had met like online, Zoom, whatever. And... um I got that flyer that you were going to be speaking about investing and like building a brand at the Emerald. And I was like, Oh, I love Allison. So we like knew each other through Melissa. I knew Allison back when she had like the car, you had the car and everything like that. And I was like, Oh, this is the perfect client. I knew you were like a cool person and I loved the brand. And I went to T-Spress. I was like, this is the perfect time. So it was like the first in-person pitch I actually really did. 
Oh my gosh. Fun fact. I had no idea. You killed it, obviously. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Okay. So today we're going to talk about tea. Allison has such a great brand and honestly, not only one of like the original people who started making like caffeine consumption, a wellness idea, but also a lifestyle brand because tea and coffee and things that you drink uh, really do become sort of your life. Like at my desk, I have like three drinks at all times. So it really is something that you can, yeah. <laughs> what do you have right now? I got my little tea. I got my other tea. I have barley tea. I have a black tea. What is <laughs> barley tea? Oh my gosh. So I'm half Korean. And so I grew up on this stuff. It's just like a wheat tea. So it's like a roasted wheat tea. And it's actually in my black tea because I drink it so much. And so that's what gives it the roasty notes. Wow. I love that. Oh yeah. It's great. I had no idea you were Korean. I mean, I knew you were half Asian and I've obviously met your dad who's black, but I had no idea it was Korean. Oh yeah. And that's why tea is like such a big part of who I am and in my family, like I grew up with it and we grew up drinking it and stuff. And to be honest, I never really liked it, but we can talk more about how that came into. (laughs) Really? No, tell me now. I feel like a lot of people, tea is something you like evolve into with age, you know? Not that you're old. I mean, we're both young. (laughs) (laughs) We're both still kind of young. I feel like I'm old in the inside now. (laughs) (laughs) This business does things to you. I'm just kidding. But but yeah, like, I don't know. Tea was kind of boring. You know, it wasn't a lot of flavor. I really liked coffee because it just like really picked you up. You can do latte art with it. You can do all this, like all these fun concoctions and stuff like that. And I really like bold flavors. And I feel like a lot of Americans like kind of like bold, really like in your face flavors. And so like growing up, honestly, I didn't really like tea. It was just mostly like a thing that, you know, you had when you were sick or when, you know, grandma was over or whatever. (laughs) Grandma and tea for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is like before like LaCroix and all that other stuff was like really popular. And so I just feel like you'd have tea if it was just like, you know, I kind of want to spice things up, tea or juice. And so didn't really like that and loved coffee. And like when I wanted to start my own business, I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool to make tea as cool as coffee? And that's just kind of like how it all started. But I do love tea now. (laughs) Things have changed. Well, and it really is. It's such an approachable idea because coffee is what tea is in other countries to Americans, right? Like you meet for coffee. We say that all the time. It's like a normal thing to say in conversation versus in other places you'll say, oh, let's have a cup of tea, whatever. So it really is like one of the places where coffee becomes tea. And so I think you've done a really good job of building that. Allison had, you know, in store like brick and mortars where you could go. And the whole thing was an experience. It was like nothing like a Starbucks. It was, what was it more like? It's more like, more like a restaurant or something like a, like a true foods. Everything behind the store, I was really trying to have like a really open concept. And I based the design off of a lot of like international cafes that I've been to. And so for example, like a lot of restaurants in Germany, they have like seating to where it's like bench seating and you're all kind of facing inwards. And the reason of that is so you're seeing other people and you're kind of encouraged to interact with other people. And not only that, but also in European cafes, usually there's no Wi-Fi. The idea is that you like, you interact with others and you, you have a conversation with others. Obviously we had Wi-Fi in ours because we are in America after all. But like the way that I designed the place was so you can see everybody at all times. 
you're connected to the outdoors because the concept Tispresta, it's it's a more of like a lifestyle promoting like the best version of yourself, self-care and taking that moment that you always, because like you said, Americans, you grab coffee. It's a part of your ritual. It's not really like an enjoyable moment per se. You're just like, I need this to, you know, get with my day. And the thing is, is like, the fact that we have the luxury of grabbing that cup of coffee, I feel like it's a really cool thing. A lot of people in the world don't have that, you know? And then we have this luxury and we have this thing. And it's just like, I feel like that moment could be the time where you just reflect and say like, you know, like I have a good, things are good. This is a beautiful cup of tea. I'm about to do some good in my body and get those nutrients that feel really good. And then I'm also like enjoying the beauty of the tea itself, the aroma, the music, the vibe of the store. And so I was really trying to like activate all your senses to where it's just like you you have to stop and enjoy what's happening here and not just be a normal transactional thing. Like when you come into Tespresso, you're like, yes, I'm getting my daily cup of caffeine or whatever, but this is like a treat to myself just to be here and just to hear the music, smell the smells, see the people. Cause like the store was so magical. Like I loved how like, you know, people would be like, I met my best friend at Tespresso and I was just sitting there. And so Stories like that made it all the worth it. But yeah, definitely the whole idea of the brand is just to bring people together and for you to have that special moment to yourself. I love that, Allison. And it's truly authentic. I, I know Allison really well. And I can't get on this soapbox because Allison's heard it. Everyone's heard it. My my thing with like self-care, like uh, like the American idea of self-care, I feel like is so overly indulgent. Like you're right. There are like countries in the world where it's like people don't even have clean water. So it's like the idea of like, promoting that lifestyle can be really counterintuitive to the idea of just wellness and just like being a globally relevant individual. And Tispressa has never been like that. It's always been such an approachable type of self-care and more just like based in the internal, like this is how I want to feel just like a tiny bit better today and just chill out. And Allison's truly like that. There's so many times where she was like, oh, you know, do it whenever you have time to do it. Like whatever. She was never like, very intense, like overbearing partner or anything. So she's like, that truly is like the type of person she is. I mean, it's about being present and it's hard in our, the culture that we have. It's like, you can't really be present because we have all these stimulations of like the phone, social media, you know, and you have all these, especially with the back-to-back Zoom meetings and like how things have like changed these days. And it's about doing more and less time. And so I think it's just about being present, about being real with yourself, being realistic and, and appreciating that, you know, and just being okay with like where you are and driving, you know, that's it. So, and the brand has such a great backstory. Like I want to take it back to the beginning because it's so unique and not like any brand that I've met. I obviously know a lot of founders who have a really cool, authentic, you know, Genesis, but this brand is like truly a bootstrap, like you were there with a cart making coffee. Like it's so organic in the best way. Oh yeah. Like I literally was just like, I'm going to start this business and I going to get out there. And so like, I would literally like every day, I think I would wake up at seven. This is like my mom's kitchen at the time and just get dressed for work. I have little quotations on my little hands for those of you who can't see me for work. So I can kind of like be in the moment and like, all right, I'm at work now. It's time to hit the road. And I would like, just like email 
businesses that I wanted to associate my business with, like Anthropology, Crane Girl, just be like, hey, my name's Allison. It started a new business. Would love to do a pop-up. It'd be cool for free. That was like my first year. I was like, I'm just going to get out there and meet as many people as I can, hit the streets and hustle, which is literally what I did. I hit the streets and hustled. And I just will never forget, like I was in a cart downtown or yeah, I think I had a cart downtown and I saw DeSoto Marketplace opening at the time. Cause I'm just like, you know what? I'm sick of traveling and bringing everything in my van. I just need a base, you know, in downtown Phoenix. Cause at the time I lived in Goodyear with my parents, which was like, you know, over 30 minutes away. Oh, you were traveling all the way from Goodyear. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah. I was like really, you know, like living at my mom's house, all deal. It was the real deal. Which is so great. <laughs> yeah. Such a yeah. great story. I, right. It was crazy. I saw this building and I was like, this looks perfect. It's in the middle of downtown Phoenix. I need to talk to the owner here. And they're like, I would like to set up shop here or camp here, whatever. And they're like, well, we're doing interviews, but you can talk to that guy over there. And I was like, hi, my name is Allison and I sell tea. I'm going to be back here and demo everything for... They were like, oh, we can't see you right now. I'm like, great. I'll be back tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, we're doing it all again tomorrow. I'm like, great. See you then. So I go there and they were doing like another thing of interviews and like whatever. And I was just like making tea for everybody out there. And they're like, holy crap, this is really good. Would you like to open up a store here with me? And I was like, fabulous. And that's just kind of really, it was just that organic. Like, Oh, dead ass. Like it was like, I want to say I started the business in January and then I met them in March, March. I was like, I've had it. I'm done traveling every single week. Like, cause I would drive out there like at least five, twice a week, like set up, sit down. And like these setups were no joke. Like I literally had a laundry cart, a piece of wood and fabrics that I just put over this cart. And then I had to lug around this like 75 pound machine. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, no. And, and you did art too on top. Like, I think I had a London fog, which by the way, is the best drink ever. I, I used to get it all the time. Like it was something I did all the time, but I think it had Darth Vader on the top. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. It was such a fun thing. I mean, it obviously got way bigger because then you end up on Shark Tank. And I've actually never heard this part of the story. I've never heard how you got onto Shark Tank. I've seen you on Shark Tank, but I never heard how you got on. And it's one of those things where so many people think sometimes does like even just being on Shark Tank can turn your business for the better, the exposure. And I think. With for someone like you, you can also learn a lot about where you want to go and the direction that you want to take something just by being in a room with people who are one scary as fuck and two, like just we'll ask like these questions and then you'll be like, oh my God, I like have no idea what I'm supposed to say right now. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I was fearless then. Not saying that I'm not today, but then I was just like, eh, don't care. It doesn't hurt. Don't try. Like I'm just starting whatever. This is what I'm doing. And so Shark Tank was one of those shows that kind of got me inspired to start a business because you see the people on there, they're like, oh my gosh, these are like ordinary, regular people that just had an idea. And you know, they have these crazy companies and I'm like, why couldn't it be me? And so started the business January, found that place in March, opened a store in April applied around the same time and then got on filmed that year, August, and then aired 
in March. So it was about one year from applying to actually being aired. Shark Tank is the shit. Like I, I literally watch it all the time. I watch reruns. I love the show. And I do, I think you're right. Like it equates so much to the idea of the American dream. You can be a regular person. They accept like a lot of self-funded, like very realistic brands in at where they are. But like sometimes the questions, like there have been times where I'm sweating. I'm not a part of it at all, but I'm like sweating. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. You're on the edge of your seat. You're like, how could they ask that? I don't even know the answer to my own thing. I love the show. It was a great experience. It was scary. Did I probably prep as much as I should? Absolutely not. Because at the time, I was like fearless. I was like, whatever. I'm like a wing it type of person. So I'm like, I'm going to wing it. And probably that wasn't like the best thing in life I should have <laughs> Literally, I just showed up and I was like, here I am. <laughs> but I think that's so great. And, and I think it says a lot about somebody like, to be honest, like watching so much of the show, by the way, on vacation, they were playing it like nonstop at my hotel. So I just watched like a ton of Shark Tank recently. And there's so many times where I feel like, and you would know this now too, because you've been in business so long, like you get a sense from some people that they're just relatively strong and able to handle a lot, like maybe not at the time, but like they can. And you know, if you ask them critical questions about their business, they're going to absorb that and take it home. And I feel like they totally saw that in you. And it was obviously correct because things have gone really well. And so I think even though it's like so scary, I mean, I'm not you, so I would have like burst into tears and probably ran away, but like, Oh no, I did. I did. I really did. <laughs> no, I did. It was a lot, you know, and it's just like such a different, I'm not afraid of being in front of people and putting myself out there or whatever, but it's just something about like, you're literally presenting your child, your baby. And then to have like so much like criticism and have all these overwhelming things when you're trying to do right by your kid, is just like overwhelming. And honestly, I was just like, this is a waste of my time. Why the F am I here? These people can't even like listen. These people don't even know what I'm talking about. And like five-year-olds know what I'm talking about. Like, this is like, at that time I was like, F you. I don't even want to be on the show. Like my friends and family sacrificed so much for me to be here. I don't even need you. Don't even care. Because like when I was on there, it was just like one thing that I wasn't expecting that you kind of don't see is like, they're all kind of like talking at you at the same time. It's not like a normal conversation cadence where it's just like, okay, one person's talking, another person answers or another person interjects. It's like, they're all interjecting at the same time. And so Going back, I think if I were to think of ways to improve my experience, I probably would have just been more commanding of the room and more commanding of like the narrative of what the conversation and stuff like that. So that's the only regret that I had. But I mean, at the time, like I just didn't know what I didn't know. And I, I had what I had. And so I didn't really have this information. I didn't really quite understand what they were trying to get at because there was just so much simulation and it was very overwhelming. I mean, you got to imagine like it's like, I like idolize the show. Like I love these people and to come here and to meet them for the, literally the first time to presenting this and to know that there's no reruns or mess ups or whatever is just like overwhelming. And so I just remember feeling so frustrated because they just didn't understand like what I did and they just didn't understand. That's really what it came down to. And I just shut down and started crying for like 30 minutes. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like the naivety that comes with that sort of thing is really how businesses are built, right? Because if you would have known then how much you would really go through, would you have done it? Because I wouldn't have. <laughs> like I straight up would not have. Like I would have quit years ago. <laughs> well, yeah, at the time I was like, this is so embarrassing. Uh, I never blah, blah, blah. But it was honestly the biggest blessing. It was amazing. I mean, when it aired, the amount of sales that we got, the exposure that we got, the customers that reached out, the connections that it... Shark Tank is just such a good pillar for my resume as a business and an entrepreneur. You know, unfortunately, as a woman in business, you kind of need something that will make someone stop and listen to you when you're trying to say what you have to say. And so if anything, that has been invaluable to our progression in business in general. And so, but yeah, I would go back and do it again. I mean, only positive things have came from it. I knew at the time, like I hated it and I didn't like the moment and I felt like it was a waste of time. But even then I knew like, this is all for something and I will see the reason later. Like, I truly believe that even unfortunate things that happen to you in your life, like there's going to be good that come of it if you see to it. That's beautiful, Allison. I love that. I think that's so nice that you can look back and manifesting you on Shark Tank. If they like did like a 2.0 where they like go back and talk to people, I think people like that can always be so surprised by like what someone can achieve, especially if someone shuts you down. Like sometimes that just gives you the like, oh, okay, well then watch me kind of thing. <laughs> like, oh yeah, I would happily go back again. I don't know if I'm like the best for like TV personality in that sense, because I feel like I'm kind of slow and like thinking on my feet sometimes, you know? You think so? Yeah, I'm just a processor. Like I like like to like have the thoughts in my head and mull around. And it just takes me a long time to conclude things sometimes. I'm almost like too perceptive. That's probably what it is internally. I, but I think it reads as you just being very even keel. Like that's how it reads to me. I'm always like, oh, Allison's like laid back. Everything's fine. <laughs> like everything's going to be fine because Allison's not freaking out. <laughs> like I think it reads that way. I mean, at least that's how it, it always read to me. But like going back to the brand, because I think, you know, so much good came out of Shark Tank, but there's also another piece to it. Like building a lifestyle brand, even just a brand and wellness in general, now food and beverage with like things like Olipop and all these brands like coming out that are so much a lifestyle based thing. Like you can see their shit and their merch like everywhere. Like I can't throw a rock without seeing like a poppy brand, like a soda or something like that. Like they're just all over the place. How you took Tespressa and you built a brand that has two things, right? It has an identifiable presence and then it has really meaningful what pillars, like it's sustainable and it does a lot of good. Like, and even like, I think you can tell a brand that does good because they do like secret good. Like you even have like secret projects that people don't even really know where the brand is doing good. And you, you have sort of like a way of giving back, tell people about it. Cause I feel like you never talk about it. I mean, I would see stuff when we went on that tour of the factory, like that was like the first time <laughs> that I heard some of the stuff. And like, you know, it's so inspiring when people aren't like, shoving it down your face like look what good people we are whatever like it's real yeah I truly believe in doing over saying and it's a good thing and a bad thing because we really don't really share a lot of what we do and it's more of a me thing honestly like I don't really share a lot of what I do and sometimes I honestly forget about all the good things or the things or the accomplishment that I have done and this is kind of like a me problem that I have it's just like it kind of 
contributes to the whole cultural and society, you know, stigmas of like just next, 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 like what's the next thing? Accomplish this, check, 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 check. I'm getting better at it of like seeing where and what our accomplishments have been. But recently found something out about tea that I didn't know before. I did not know that a lot of tea bags have like microplastics and things. And so if you soak the bag because you're soaking in hot water, it can absorb into the water, get into the ground supply, obviously, and into your bloodstream, which I had no idea was a thing because before I was like, oh, loose leaf tea. Like, I mean, I love the tea, so I'll do it. But like, it's not as convenient. It's a pain in the ass. (laughs) but but that's such a reason to use it it's everything you know like when I found it out I was like first of all I hate that like I feel like every day you wake up and you find something out about stuff and you're like man it's bad for the environment it's bad for so-and-so like whatever I'm like oh but you know I have tons of your tea so like I always have like loose sleep that I can do I mean let's talk about the sustainability piece because organic stuff like they're still believe it or not in 2022 organic (laughs) non-believers People who just don't even get it. Oh, yeah. I just feel like it is kind of like a weird dicey thing, especially when it comes to coffee and tea. It's kind of like a weird thing because like to obtain like one of those certifications, it just costs like so much money, so many resources and all the other stuff. So as you can imagine, like being like a small farmer when in fact you do have no pesticides or any of that stuff. It's like, does it make sense to have the certification? Maybe, maybe not. And so that's kind of like why you don't really see a lot of like organic coffee per se. The farms are doing the right things. It's just they can't afford those certifications. And so that's just kind of like why you don't see as many, you know, you just got to do more due diligence of where you are sourcing your things from, which is fine. The whole reason why we have those little bags and all those things is because, you know, Americans love convenience it's like a big thing and having things and like there are some better options that have like the no dye bags that aren't bleached and all that other stuff so there are some options out there as far as like that goes but I mean as far as like taste and everything loosely because where it's at you're gonna get more extracted flavors you can re-steep and you usually have like a higher quality of leaf Wait, you can take the same leaves that you made tea with and make more tea? Yeah. I mean, if you have like a full, full leaf tea, like the usually the best brew of the tea is the second brew of tea. So you brew it the first time, you drink it, then you brew it again. Like tea can be like rebrewed over and over again. And the bits that you actually find in your, well, most tea bags are like the kind of like the loose tea particles that are left over from processing the big tea leaves. And so you kind of get like the broken down little pieces. And the point of the tea bags is just to taste the tea faster. Because again, Americans love convenience. They love getting things in a quick manner. And so the tea bags, the way that the tea is and how it's designed is so that you can taste the tea quicker. You can get a bolder taste of tea. And then it's not really meant to be rebrewed. Most of those teas. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was like picturing like a soggy bag. Yeah, and you're like putting it back in there. So no to that. (laughs) Yes to the loose leaf, but no to the soggy bag redo thing. I'm sure you've had some teas that just feels like super tannic or just not really good. Or, you know, it's just, I mean, there's a lot of other properties like temperature and all the other stuff that have to do with the tea taste too. But yeah, in a nutshell, you can rebrew full leaf teas. So Wow, that's such a good hack. I had no idea because 
you know, sometimes it can be expensive. Like you buy it sometimes like by the pound or like in bigger things that could be very expensive. So that's good to know. And it's good to know that people, it tastes good the second time. It's not like, oh, cheap ass. You can just brew it again. Like it's like a thing people do. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in tea houses in China, you just like, you brew, you drink, you brew again, you drink, you brew again, you drink and you keep brewing until your heart sees fit. So, and what I love about you bring up, you know, China and other places, and we talked about places where tea is a community thing, and it's it's so much different. It's so much similar to coffee here without the hustle culture thing. It's more of a community, you know, friendship, relationship building experience. Dr. Mark Hyman, he's like a big wellness advocate. I'm sure you've heard him on Instagram or podcasts or whatever. He talks a lot about this concept of blue zones. And it's basically like the five places that, you know, this researcher, I feel like he worked at like Discovery Channel or something, found that people live the longest and healthiest. And they found five traits that the people in these cultures had because they're so different. It's like Okinawa and Japan, Loma Linda and California, like the people themselves have nothing alike and the culture is very different. And one of them was that they drink tea, tea, and not just that they drink it, but also the cultural aspect of like building relationships, often the experience of having tea. And so I think the medical community accepts tea as a very health conscious and positive thing for your body and your mind. And it's not like coffee where it's like you're at your doctor and you're like, oh, I had 17 cups. And they're like, okay, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. But it's more than that, right? Because like there's different kinds of tea, there's different kinds of health benefits in different kinds of tea. What is really the difference between teas? I mean, the best way I can put it, it's kind of like a wine. It all stems from one plant, Camellia sinensis. And depending on how you ferment and have basically processed that tea, is how you have like the white teas, the green teas, the oolong teas, and the black teas. And so the most fermented teas and the highest caffeine are the black teas. The least fermented, the least caffeine are the white teas. But there's like so many different places and so many different countries have all these different methods of like how to prepare their teas, how they do it. Or, you know, in some places in China, they like roast the teas they do like a pan roast for like green teas, you know, in Japan with the matcha, they, you know, it's a whole process. They cover the tea plants with like, you know, silk blankets and stuff. And so there's so many different processes in different parts of the world. And I think that's the cool part about it. It's like wine, you know, it comes from different soils. You're going to get different flavors. You can finish it differently and get that stuff. And so there's just so many different health benefits and like the different aspects of tea, like how black tea can help with like focusing and, you know, help you be kind of alert. As studies say, don't quote me on that. <laughs> and like green tea with metabolism and... Oh, is it good for your metabolism too? Oh yeah. Wow. I love green tea. Like I, you know, I have a, like a dear friend who's going through chemotherapy right now and she's like all about green tea. Like it's one of the things... Because I mean, you know how doctors are and, and medicine in America, it's like they don't want to tell you to do anything really because they don't want to be like basically like, don't quote me on saying like you're gonna get better if you do XYZ. Like it's not a medically approved treatment, but green tea is one of those things that's been studied so much, you know, in so many countries. And they have proven in a lot of ways that it has a lot of cancer fighting properties. And so it's incredibly beneficial. It is good for you. Like antioxidants are in tea, which is powerful anti-inflammatories and really good for fighting free radicals, which are like 
the number one source of premature aging. Anti-inflammatories. Yes, which is good for your skin. If you have like a lot of espresso, you're like fucked up. And the older you get, like for me, it's just gotten harder to have coffee. Like coffee was such an easy thing for me before, you know, when I'm in college or whatever, I could have like six shots of espresso in a day and be totally fine. And now I'm like, I like struggle. Like if I do something like that, I'm like jittery and like, it's not a, oh my God, I just can't stand that. Yeah. That's what I love about tea caffeine too. It's a much smoother ride. It's like a slow way up and a very slow way down. It's just nice. It's just like a nice little, like you kind of feel like your whole body is lifted. Like I feel like with coffee, it's more of your head. And then with tea, it's like your whole body is like lifted. You feel more energized and more kind of like just alert. I love that. And like, maybe like a little bit of CBD drops sometimes. And I'm just like, zoom. (laughs) I'm such a CBD lover. It's like not out of wellness. So I don't think it will ever be out, but like, there's so many now people, they, everything's like full of adaptogens, right? Like that's like the new thing and like nootropics and things. And so like, I feel like CBD is sometimes like the firstborn golden child who's like off to college and you just don't think about them as much anymore, but like CBD is great. Can you, and you can just put it in hot tea or cold tea. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Like I would highly recommend it. Like, cause like I am a very high strung person sometimes. And so it's just CBD. It's just like, I like you're alert. And then the CBD just kind of like focuses you in to your work. And then I just feel like that's what I do when I want to get like stuff done. Or another thing I've done, like, have you tried like bulletproof coffee where it's like the, the ghee, the coconut MCT, try that, but sub it with tea. Freaking amazing. And they're doing it like the, instead of the butter, it's the ghee, right? Like normally you use butter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you can use like grass-fed butter. And then you just came out with a new product, matcha. And you've been working on matcha forever because you were working on matcha when we were working together. Explain matcha because matcha has such a, it's an old ceremonial tea, right? It's a whole thing. Oh yeah, it's a whole process. Oh my gosh. And like doing like the Japanese like ceremony is just like, it's all whole thing there's a certain way you have to fold the towel every time you wipe the spoon and every time you wipe the spoon you have to fold the towel you have to be upright and you're kind of like sitting in this like uncomfortable like position where it's just in that position you're alert (laughs) oh yeah yeah it's just like your 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 feet are under your your bum and you're just kind of upright and it just doesn't feel good but it's just like all about like form and tradition and just like patience and just it's really about the discipline and the ceremony itself and when you do it that way it's just like wow this tea is very very special it's just crazy how much of a big thing matcha has become now it's just like this cool new hip drink you know easy to make and stuff which is funny because like how the tradition it's a whole process it's not like super fast and quick and I love that you bring that up because one I didn't really like I knew it was like a ceremonial tea and all those things like but I didn't really understand like the word discipline I feel like is very fitting for like a Japanese ritual like that and I think it would totally like if I did that or people did that instead of like okay go to Starbucks first of all I'm sorry but like their matcha sucks like I'm not gonna like pretend like I like it I just don't you know, 10, 15 minutes of discipline, like that is a rush of its own, right? Like I did this, I made it and I made it well. Oh yeah. 
It's just, it's just about being present. And that's, I know there's only a handful of weirdos out there like me that actually like brew loose leaf tea and like do the whole process every day. And I actually make myself a cup of tea like every single morning. So I do like, like, you know, Manhattan black tea, espresso tea. I heat up the kettle. Like I'll do pour over. I'll do an AeroPress. I'll have my little cube in there. I'll like melt the cube, muddle it, mix it in with my tea. I'll put milk on the stove. Once it's heated, then I'll froth it and then I'll pour it on top and then I'll put rose petals on top. Like it's a whole thing that it to me is not even like obnoxious to do because I like I get up, brush my teeth, start the water. And so it's like integrated in my day. And so it's just like such a such a thing. But yeah, anyways, like back to matcha. Yeah, I've been that was a really hard cube to develop. I mean, it took me like over a year to do. And, you know, matcha, it's green tea, the great stuff where it originated from Japan, Sencha tea, they put the silk leaves over it. Once the tea is ready and processed, they grind it with a stone pedestal and it comes into this fine, super fine grind. And that's how you have the matcha powder. So it's just like a really, really finely grounded green tea, which is why it's also, I mean, it's green tea, so it's good for you. Right. And beautiful color. And you can make so many things like, I mean, matcha latte, like you're saying, are so popular now. But amazing. The taste is just insane. Explain the cubes things. I feel like we've talked about the cubes now and people might not know what the cubes are. And the idea is really cool. Like nobody does anything like this. I feel like so much of the brand's approachableness is part of this like cube thing. Like it makes it like, okay, yes, I'll brew my loose leaf tea. And then the addition is we're going to give you these cubes, right? And then you can make something really, really sick, right? It's not just like the loose leaf tea. Now it's going to elevate it to like a drink, like better than a barista drink. Oh yeah. I feel like what we love doing at Teespresso is just like repurposing things that we all know and all, you know, may or may not love and just like providing like a new functional kind of like modern application to it. And so it's like, you know, people have seen the sugar cube people, you know, maybe way back when would eat the sugar cube or, you know, just put it in their little coffees and mix it in. And that used to be in the little cafes with the little saucers and stuff. And I feel like they kind of were on their way out, but it was something that I like really enjoyed doing. Cause again, like for me, like enjoying coffee and tea, like it's a thing, like I honestly, fun fact, could not have more than a cup of coffee once a week. And so when I did, it was special. And so I would have a cup of coffee. I would put a brown sugar cube in it put a little rose syrup or something, mix it in. And just like having the cute little spoon and putting it in and seeing it like, you know, dissolve like that for me was like everything. And just having that little moment, I think was so special. And then I was like, well, why not have a cube where it's like, it's all in, like the flavors are in there. And like, that's just kind of like how it started. So I feel like people love it because it's like, again, like something that they're super familiar with, like everyone knows what a sugar cube is. And now they're just like, wait, what? Now, these sugar cubes you can make cocktails with, mimosas with, flavored lattes with, matchas with. Like, I'm going to start feeding them to my horse and start eating this stuff now. So it's just like a new, I feel like, relevant application to something that we're all so, like, familiar with. Yeah. And then there's the, like, Instagram piece. Like, as much as we talk about, like, ritual and whatever, like, to make something that's just looks freaking cool. It solves in your drink. Like, some of them have, like, what do we call it? Like accoutrements on them kind of so that it like 
dissipates in it. Like, it's just so cute. I mean, it's an experience. It's also like a convenience factor. I mean, like I said, Americans love convenience. And so there's that. And there's the whole experience, which is like, I feel like really in now, like people are starting to really value having experience with their products, with, you know, people, with just life in general. And so it it is very relevant to, you know, where we're at today. Okay. So what are you drinking or what do you, what's your wellness ritual look like today? Okay. Self-care general. I mean, like I said, I make myself a cup of tea every day. Usually it's black tea. Usually I kind of like rotate cubes. I love trying like just new fun products out there. So sometimes I'll mix in like, you know, just little powders and mixes and additives in my tea just to give it a try. I usually have like black tea with uh, more or less like black tea Americana with a little bit of foam on top just for a little out of creaminess. Uh, Whole milk. I'm weird. I like that. So that's kind of like my big thing to myself. Other rituals that I have for self-care are just like, honestly, washing the face, doing the whole health skincare. Are you using anything cool now? Basically, everything I have is from Citrine. It's just so good. Like, honestly, like I was clueless with wearing makeup before. And then I just remember I was like, Melissa, I need help. This is like when she had like tiny little shop in Biltmore. And I was like, I need help. She's like, well, what's your regimen for makeup? I'm like, I don't. And she's like, do you put fingers on? I'm like, usually I use fingers, but I'm like, I'm willing to start using a brush like a big girl. (laughs) So she just looks at me like, uh, okay. So it's done such an improvement in my face. And skincare has always been super huge because like, again, my mom's Korean. And so we've always invested in all this kind of like crazy serums and stuff. And so just, I mean, I just love like Kira Weiss. Ilya is like, Ilya is like my number one like makeup. Ilya is the shit. That mascara is like iconic. Oh my gosh. And like the blushes and like the serum foundation thing. I forget the names of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it is called serum foundation. Yeah. It's just like effortless looks. It's just like I'm trying, but I'm not trying kind of looks. And that's what I love. I'm like just enhancing what you already have. She has this like saffron serum that I use all the time. Oh, Renovat. Yes. Yeah. Another good Asian founded brand. Really good. Didn't know that. I'm a huge, huge fan. Huge fan. Love that. I just got this like new agent toner, which is amazing. Oh, the rose one. It's fire. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It smells so good and it mixes so well with it. And then Tata, obviously the cleanser, like is like the best cleanser I've ever had in my face before. Tata is an icon. She always will be. Oh yeah. I mean, I used to use a lot of Kira Weiss too, but I feel like I like shifted from that to Ilya because Ilya just is like more effortless and easier to apply and use. I think you can see a big difference. Like, you know, Kira Weiss is makeup artist founded. So you can tell a lot by like the application, the way it's designed, it has more of like a a makeup feel because of the way you have to apply it and the way you use things versus Ilya. Like you can do so much with your finger, like so much of the stuff I use with my finger and it's fine. Like it's totally just as good as with a brush. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, Fit Glow has the best concealer I've ever used in my life. Do you like it? We were just talking about Fit Glow in an episode that was recorded like a couple weeks ago. Packaging is like, I'm not excited about to be honest, which I think is unfortunate because their products are really good. So let me tell you, because that got brought up. That was one of the topics. And the question was kind of like, why is it so ugly? And it was 
basically like they wanted to cut down on emissions and aluminum greatly decreased how much energy and fossil fuels the ships and the cargo had to use to ship the product. So it was a sustainability reason. So I was like more into it after I heard that because I agree with you, like the look of it is not my fave. No, yeah, like the texture of the bottle and stuff. I'm like, why is it this way? Yes, yeah, <laughs> that's what. Like, I feel like the, they were like, oh, it's. I know people like say it looks kind of like cheap or something like that, but like it has a very intense purpose. And then after I heard that, I was like, oh shit, I love that. That's something I could totally get on board with that. And I was more into it, but no, I totally get it. And plus, like, I think a lot of people with like shelfies and stuff, like, or just having a shelfable look, like the pink is like kind of intrusive to like any bathroom <laughs> like, a lot. yeah yeah it, it is yeah I just rather have my little saffron thing up there and I'm just like this is beautiful to look at her stuff is beautiful yeah I'm just like it just makes me feel good using it and back to the self-care thing like I've like over time I've like you know what I'm going to shift to purchasing things that I love whether it's like the tiny little spoons the little cups I use, the napkins. And so it's just like, even when I make tea, it's like with mugs that I love, with utensils that I love and that make me feel good. So just those little things I feel are what really makes a difference. That's beautiful, Allison. How can our listeners support you? Where can you buy Teespresso? Where can you support Allison in general? Because she's the shit. So all those things. Thanks, friend. Yeah, no, we're online, teespresso.com. And follow us on Instagram. We're usually always posting like the latest, greatest over there and like have a lot of recipes and stuff. And I'd say that's the best way to support. Maybe you'll see us on TikTok. I don't know, but we'll see. (laughs) TikTok is like my favorite thing. I sit on it all the time now. We talked about it. I had Shannon. Shannon was here like a couple of weeks ago and we talked in depth about it. And there's like a huge psychological, you know, reason that like five to 10 seconds of like a serotonin push of like comedy is like really healthy for you. I love TikTok. I think there's like so many, I mean, I know there's like dumb stuff, but I love it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay guys. Well, yeah, definitely follow Allison. Check out teespressa.com. Personally, I love the black tea. I think it's my favorite. I haven't got to try the matcha yet, but I definitely will. I have tons of Allison's cubes. You can use them in coffee if you are a coffee drinker or really tons of drinks. Like you can make mimosas, things like that. New episodes every Tuesday and have a beautiful, lovely day. 